Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by our limited time book ride merchandise created just in time for our 10 year anniversary. Whether you're new to the book ride community or have been with us from the beginning, we've got new book ride swag so you can show off your love for all things bookish available only for the month of October. We've got t-shirts, super soft and comfy hoodies, tote bags, and more. All with the Book Riot logo and in our signature colors. The yellow is very fall friendly. Just saying. Go to bookriot.com slash merch to pick up your 10-year anniversary items. That's bookriot.com slash merch. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 112 and we're recording on Sunday, October 3rd. I am Nasra Javed along with our wonderful guest host, Liberty Hardy, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Liberty. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I think this is my third time on Red or Dead. We are very excited. I cannot wait to pick your brain about some of the fantastic reads. But before we head uh, into our show, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you hang out on Book Riot for any of our new listeners? Oh, sure. I am a senior contributing editor for Book Riot. I host the All the Books podcast that goes up every Tuesday with a rotating cast of fabulous co-hosts. And I do the New Books newsletter, which also comes out on Tuesday. I know a lot about new books. And I've been with Book Riot for 10 years now. It's our 10-year anniversary, like you were saying, with our merch. I can't believe it. Yes, Like I told Liberty before we started recording, I was having a little fangirl moment because I've been following all the books, I think, for like, I think it's been a good seven, six years, six, seven years. Yeah, I think we're in six years now. Yeah. Yeah. like So ever since I've moved basically to the US, I've been listening to all the the books and uh, I was like, oh my goodness, Liberty's here. She's our, you know... If you follow her on Instagram, she has the best information on new releases, on what to read next. So I am super excited to discuss what we've got going on. But before that, before we begin with our discussion, uh, what are you reading right now? Well, thank you. Uh, Right now, I am reading, well, I started like the first five pages of a book called Just Like Mother by Anne Heltzel, which I'm going to get right back to after we finish recording this because (laughs) it's supposed to be really, really scary. So I want to read it while it's still light out because as I get older, I I become more of a baby, I guess, because I read books at night and then I have terrible (laughs) dreams. So I'm like scary stuff during the day, but it's coming out uh, next year from Tor Nightfire and it sounds awesome. Oh my God. I love Door Nightfire books. They've been coming up with fantastic picks. Yeah? Yeah. And for me, I have been, I begin books and then I leave them in the middle for some reason. Because that's just how I read at this point. Um, <laughs> but I did start The Night She Disappeared by Lisa Drill. And 
I have not read any of her books. And mm-hmm. one of my friends whose opinion I trust, she said this is her, and she's read all of Lisa Rhodes books. And she said this is one of her best books. So I was curious. I was intrigued. And it was on like a lucky day pick in our library. And it's it's been good so far. I am a good 12% in, and it is definitely very very easy to read, very short chapters, mm-hmm. and it's moving very fast. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, that's good to know. I think I have that around here somewhere. I know that I've read a couple of her books, but she has so many. Yeah, she's very prolific. <laughs> I don't know that I can keep track anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I always feel intimidated by prolific authors because it's you never know where to start and, you know, which ones. Um, you also don't want to be put off by any work because, you know, mm-hmm. It varies, like maybe they're trying something different, maybe it won't work for you, Uh, but it's always good to have that sort of solid recommendation to start here. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see how it wraps up. So this is also the point in the show where we like to put a call out to our listeners for any suggestions for upcoming episodes about anything that you're intrigued by that you'd like to read more of if you read something and you want to read more like it. It's a great way for us to know what you like to hear, what you like to learn more about. And it's also helped us plan so many episodes. If you have any ideas, any recommendations, shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We always have our contact information at the end of the show in our show notes. Uh, We just like to put this call ahead of time to get those, you know, creative juices flowing, those ideas flowing. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, we love that. We love hearing from our listeners. We love getting feedback. We love getting feedback about, you know, the titles that we might have suggested or talked about and what you felt about them. So we just love hearing from all of you. Thank you so much to all of you who write in. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please uh, leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join this community that we've created around murder, mystery, suspense, you know, genre. (laughs) Well, that's great. Would you like to hear this first sponsor? Absolutely. All right. Well, today's episode is sponsored by TBR. Book Riot's subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life, and it makes a great gift for the holidays for the readers on your list. You can tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking to read more of, and then you just sit back and a bibliologist will handpick recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. You get a personalized bibliologist, then you give that bibliologist your feedback. You update your request to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons. You basically have your own personal book concierge. TBR is also now available as a gift for the holidays. Just select the plan you want to give, and you can schedule the gift to be delivered any day you want. But you got to get your gift fast because spots are limited this holiday season. So visit mytbr.co to sign up today or to start your holiday shopping. That's mytbr.co. All right. And with that, let's dive into our discussion. So today, All right. today we're talking about underrated, underhyped books from 2020 and 2021. As we know, we were in the middle. We're still in the middle of this pandemic, which has which caused all kinds of supply chain issues. I know that's a trigger word <laughs> these days. Uh, and marketing issues, some books, a lot of books are not getting the attention that they deserve because they had to cut short their book tours. Um, they had to do a lot of reallocation. So we wanted to sh- just talk about those books and you know get them in the hands of our listeners in case they miss them. 
So before we begin with our picks, I did want to pick your brain, Liberty, about what do you think? How would you define a, this was a hype book and this was an underhype book? Well, first of all, I think I would define hype as the books that have the larger publishers with the money behind them. <laughs> you know, they're already at an advantage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about books that I see on, you know, every Instagram account and ads on Goodreads and ads on all kinds of sites. And, you know, there are, I think it used, when I worked at the bookstore many, many years ago, before there were a lot of like self-published titles or smaller presses um, really pushing it, there I think it was something like 300,000 titles published traditionally each year. And when you think about how few ad spots you actually have (laughs) for that many, and now there's so many more because people are publishing books themselves. There's more smaller presses, you know? So, I mean, there are not a lot of books that that get the attention that they deserve when it comes down to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's people like us who say, hey, Pay attention to this book. And even we can't get to them all. But I mean, it is fun to try and draw people's attention to the (laughs) ones that we think deserve a lot of love. I certainly tend to shy away from like when I'm picking things for the podcast and for the newsletter, like Stephen King doesn't need me to read his Mm -hmm. books. You know, (laughs) everybody knows that they're coming out like, sure, I, I probably will read it. And if someone wants to know if it's good, I will tell them. But he doesn't, you know, need my help, <laughs> you know, so I try to, I mean, and I still pick some big ones, but I try to go a little lo- smaller too, or less known as well. Yeah. And I think that's why I love our book read community, and especially, you know, our contributor Slack channels, because you learn about these amazing books that are out there and that you might not have, you might not have seen just because they don't get their share of spotlight. But I agree with you there. For me, also, it, a big part in the hype is, you know, what is... What is big on social media and what is, uh, since I am, I work on the digital marketing side of things, I'm always very aware of, you know, where ads are placed. So those two mm-hmm. are usually the big ones for me as well, where I'm seeing what's going on, what are people reading on social media, what are they hyping up on social media, and then what are, you know, what ads are running on Goodreads, what ads are running on just in general on Amazon itself. Amazon has these huge advertising itself. Uh, So just seeing what ads or what digital campaigns are out there, it helps me decide, okay, this is a hype book and this is an underhype book. So that's sort of what I kept in mind as well. When I had my picks that I heard about these books from very singular points in my life that that intrigued me. And I was like, yes, I immediately need to read these. And they all checked so many but they were just one they're all one of a kind and I uh, and I can see your picks here too and I am I cannot wait to hear what you thought about them so with that would you like to start us off with our first pick oh sure um I'm gonna start off with the um wild violent gruesome ones so (laughs) gird your loins because here it comes this is The first in what is going to be a series of thrillers starring D.I. Angelica Henley. It's called The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. And it's so much fun. I was telling Nazar earlier that I saw a Twitter account a while back, several years ago, and in their bio, it says, I love fictional murder. And I was like, that's how I feel about it, too. You know, like, this book is so ridiculous and it would never happen, like, Ridiculous in that the crimes are ridiculous. This would never happen in real life. And that's what makes it fun. It is this, this gruesome, action-packed thriller about D.I. Angelica Henley. Her very first day back in active duty, she is called to this crime scene. 
And they have found a body that has been dismembered that is washed up on the banks of the Thames. And, oh, wait, it's not one body. It's parts from two bodies. Ew. (laughs) And she's like, this can't be happening because this is exactly like a case that she had before involving a serial killer named Peter Olivier. He was known as the notorious jigsaw killer because he liked to saw people into parts. And D.I. Henley helped capture him. He's been in jail for two years. You know, she makes a call to make sure that he's really there because, like, what is going on? And he's still there. And she's like, well, someone must be copying him. And as the days go by, more body parts appear. And it seems to somehow be tied to D.I. Henley. Like, they're trying to get her attention. Now, meanwhile, sitting in jail, Peter Olivier is not happy that someone is copying his style. Like, this was his thing, and now someone else is, like, taking his MO. Well, he's not going to stand for it. So he's going to do something about it. He's got some connections. He's going to, you know, put up, put out a few calls and see what he can do, because he's mad that somebody is moving in on his turf. So can G.I. Henley catch the new killer before the killer gets her, or before Olivier pulls off whatever scheme he has going on? It's really fun and frightening and super gross, of course. Matheson has firsthand knowledge of the law as she worked as a criminal attorney for many years. So that's really cool. I like it when people's jobs like get woven into the fiction. And I really like D.A. Henley. She's very realistic. She's ha- She has like a hard, upsetting job. And it has affected her. She messes up. She makes mistakes. She's very human. I like her very much. And I'm looking forward to more from her. I do want to give content warnings for infidelity, violence, murder, and gore. That is The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. Love it. I have had that book in my TBR for a while now, but because of all the things you've listed, <laughs> stay away from it. But uh, yeah, so it. This, I have heard the fight acclaim from our Book Riot contributors about it. So I'm excited to read it sometime in the future. For me, my first book is, so as all of you, or many of you might know at this point, I love me a slow burn. I, I, that is my jam where just the story just builds and builds and then like the climax happens in the end. And that one is, uh, for me, that's why the first pick is What's Left of Me is Yours by Stephanie Scott. This first came into my radar because Amanda talked about it. Amanda from Get Book talked about it. And I, and it immediately just, the story just captured me, the, the, the plot itself. And it, it revolves, it's based in Japan and it revolves around this covert industry that has grown around in Japan where a person's spouse hires a, you know, a third person to come and seduce the spouse that they're looking to separate from so that they can gain advantage in the divorce proceedings. You know, they can prove infidelity and sort of get the upper hand in the proceedings. And this is a story about that, where we have Sato who hires Kaitaro to have an affair with his wife, Rina. And uh, he thinks, you know, it's just going to be a matter of that Kaitaro is just going to seduced Rina, he's going to get some proof and it's going to be the end of the story. But when Kaitaro does his job a little too well, this turns into a spiral of events, uh, which ends up with a, you know, a violent act and that's sort of all we know at this point. And the story begins with Rina's daughter 
uh, Sumiko, who's trying to fill in the gaps. She she starts telling the story in, from the first page, and she's trying to fill in the gaps of her mom's. Uh, where did her mom go? What happened to her mom? And we, it's slowly the pieces come together. And this is a very, very slow burn sort of story. I mean, it has its moments of thrill and mysteries coming together but it's like sort of a where you are where you get one piece of a puzzle and you're putting it back together and it's it also serves as commentary so it's it also gives you a glimpse into this culture in japan which you did not know about it makes you question so many things just about you know the concept the institution of marriage how separating of two individuals like what are the repercussions of it what what effect does it have on like just it makes you question everything around the institution of marriage how you ended how you started what happens in it and of course there's the mystery element to it and then i did this on audio and the audiobook is narrated by emily vu zeller who is fantastic and who did a fantastic job narrating this audiobook so if you like you know slow burn mysteries which weave in this concept of which weave in social commentary which shed light on you know another culture how things operate in maybe another country and if the writing oh the writing was it's the writing just flows it's so easy to read and you're reading about something very intense something bleak but you can't stop reading just because it's just like one sentence after another and you just don't want to stop so it's um, it's fantastic. And that's What's Left of Me is Yours by Stephanie Scott. All right. My next pick is actually a book that has won and also been nominated for a ton of awards. And I still ask people if they know about it. And a lot of people haven't heard of it. So I'm going to talk about it again because it's so great. It's Winter Counts by David Heska Wandley Wyden. It won the Anthony Award for Best First Novel. It won the Thriller Award winner for Best First Novel. It was an Edgar Award nominee. I actually don't think this book is really a thriller. It's more of a slow burn, gritty, amateur detective novel. It's about a man named Virgil Wounded Horse. He lives on the Rosebud Indian Reservation in South Dakota and considers himself to be the local enforcer, basically. When the police won't step in and help, he takes matters into his own hands. He beats up the bad guys. He warns people. He's kind of a thug, but he feels like he has a duty to help the people on the reservation. He's a vigilante, basically. Now, Virgil is an alcoholic in recovery. Uh, His alcoholism has cost him a lot in the past, including a relationship with the woman he loves. But now he is sober and he has a teenage nephew living with him. Uh, because his sister has passed away, and his nephew gets caught up in the heroin that has made its way onto the reservation. And Virgil decides he is going to take matters into his own hands and clean up his home himself. So it ends up that he takes a trip with his ex to find the source to cut it off and also search for a man that he thinks is involved in bringing it onto the reservation. Complicating matters are reservation politics, The tribal council doesn't want him to make waves. They have big things going on. They don't want him causing trouble, upsetting the wrong people. But he doesn't care. He's going to fix the problem. This book is so incredibly well written. And like I said, it's kind of a slow burn, but it's just so moving as well as, you know, a mystery. I found it like very, very affecting. Uh, Virgil is a great character. 
I wouldn't say that I condone vigilantes, but it's kind of fun, you know, in books, when in movies, like when people get what they deserve, you know, like, so, like he gives people what they deserve. I love a down on his luck, you know, PI or amateur PI with nothing to lose, you know, just trying to do what's right. I love a story like that. Um, and I really hope that there's another story with, with Virgil. I haven't heard anything yet, but since this one did so well, I hope so. I do want to give content warnings for mentions of sexual assault, police brutality, chemical use, abuse, and resulting deaths, suicidal ideation, violence, and murder. This one is Winter Counts by David Heska Wandley Wyden. Uh, so it, it is so good and it has deserved, I think it, it's deserved the awards that it has been nominated yes. for as well as won, which is amazing. And I think there are, uh, there. I'm not sure if it's conf- confirmed yet, but the word is out about this se- there being a possible series. So let's see, like fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. I think I heard something recently about an adaptation. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I might be. I might be. It might. Yeah. That up right yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's. It's got. It's hopefully it's going to come to TV soon in one form or another. So fingers crossed. All right. Before um, we head off to my second pick, let's uh, let's learn about our second sponsor. So our second sponsor is the Last House on Leadless Street by Catriona Ward from International best-selling author Catriona Ward comes The Last House on Needless Street, a shocking and immersive read perfect for fans of Gone Girl and The Haunting of Hill House. In a boarded-up house on a dead-end street lives a family of three. An unspeakable secret binds them together, but what is buried among the birches may just come back and haunt them all. This is a twisty-turny novel with an ending that you won't see coming. The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward is available now, Everywhere books are sold. We thank them very much for sponsoring this show. All right. So my second pick is The Opium Prince by Jasmine Amak. And this is another book that has, that takes you to another, completely another different location. And that is 100% my jam where I get to travel a country while I'm also reading a book. And this is set in Afghanistan in the 1970s. And our main character is Daniel Sajadi, who has been living in Los Angeles for a while. And he is, you know, he has been navigating his identity. His mother is American and his dad is the late Afghan war hero. And he decides to return home to Kabul during a time where U.S., uh, foreign uh, aid ministries are, you know, busy eradicating the poppy fields that were, you know, that were permeated Afghanistan during that time that were the business of opiate or creating opium and all of that was happening in Afghanistan. So he decides to, you know, travel there and help eradicate, help bring about that change. But as he's driving with his wife, you know, he reaches Kabul as he's driving, he kills a young girl named Delaya in an accident and he is left off with a small fine and the small the tribe that the girl belongs to they just they there's not much they can do and be, and he sort of gets off scot free because of this person named Taj Maleki and you know da- Daniel is like is grateful he can't believe his luck but as as he sort of spends more time in Kabul he realizes that the person who saved him is actually a huge opium khan as actually a leader of one of the large opm distribution gangs and so and he is all of a sudden 
uh, on the run for his life, for the safety of his family. Uh, and at the same time, you know, he's trying to outrun, but also at the same time accomplish what he came there to do, you know, to save the people or to help save the small tribes who suffer because of, you know, the lawlessness or the fact that these big tribes are able to, these these big gangs are able to, you know, manipulate law around their around their preferences so it's 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 like a it's like it's i wouldn't say it's it's not a spy thriller per se but it's it sort of feels that way where we have our main character that's on the run where we have this you know where the action doesn't let especially in the second half the action does not let up it's constant and it's it's almost like you you can feel your heart be like what's going to happen now what's going to happen now and it's also a very it captures a very vivid sense of afghanistan during the 1970s and it's also character studies and it's it's fantastic so it's uh, the opium prince by jasmine amok i have that one around here somewhere i'll have to move it up because i did not get to that one but on your recommendation i will read it soon yeah you won't regret it <laughs> <laughs> so for my last pick i chose gone for good by joanna schaffhausen i had to make sure i said gone for good because i i keep calling it good is gone which is a totally different book <laughs> so it's gone for good by joanna schaffhausen this is the first in the detective annalisa vega series i guess i picked all books that are going to be series uh, the second book in the series is coming out in August of next year, which sounds like a long ways away, but we're already in October. <laughs> and it feels like this year just started. So Joanna Schaffhausen also wrote or is writing the Ellery Hathaway series, which I enjoy very much. I've read the first four books and the fifth one comes out in January. So that is another great series of hers that you can check out. But this one, Gone for Good, is about a young woman named Grace Harper. Grace Harper works in a grocery store by day. But by night, she is an armchair detective. She searches the internet for information about cold cases and discusses it with people on a chat board. And she's in Chicago, and she thinks that she's figured something out about the Lovelorn Killer. The Lovelorn Killer was a serial killer who murdered several women in Chicago 20 years ago and sent letters to the press taunting them about it. And then one day, the killings just stopped, and they assumed... Well, either the murderer has gone to jail or the murderer has died or moved somewhere else because they never heard from the Lovelorn killer again. And now 20 years later, Grace Harper's been digging things up about it and she thinks that she can figure out who the Lovelorn killer is. Now, meanwhile, told in alternating chapters, Annalisa Vega is a detective with the Chicago Police Department who was called to the scene of a murder. And the victim of that murder is Grace Harper, the armchair detective. And she has been murdered in the same way as the other victims of the Lovelorn Killer. This is like 20 years has gone by without one. So now is the Lovelorn Killer back? Is this a copycat killing? And what did Grace Harper discover about the Lovelorn Killer that led to her death? Complicating matters, Annalisa Vega's father was a police officer working on the Lovelorn Killer case. And he recently died, or actually... Forgive me, I can't remember if he recently died. He died sometime between, obviously, when the murders ended. I cannot remember when that was. I'm sorry. But her father has passed away, and she's got his information about the case, and she's got new information, and Annalisa Vega's search into Grace Harper's death is going to reveal secrets about the case back then and possibly about her, her own life. And like I said, it's told in two parts. We have Grace Harper narrating some of the chapters and her search for more information about the Lovelorn Killer, as well as Annalisa Vega's search for the, the murderer of Grace Harper. It's so fascinating. 
I really am enjoying this new trend in mysteries lately with podcasts where they have uh, podcast hosts investigating murders and something always happens. But I also love this, you know, armchair detective working on the internet story um, about people getting involved and trying to solve things themselves. Like it, it's so realistic because there are so many murder podcasts and websites out there now. And people like, there's a great book, I'm forgetting the title, about armchair detectives that came out a few years ago that was so fascinating about all these people who spend their time solving cold cases. And and it's just incredible. So I really, really loved this one. I can't wait to read the second one. I do want to give content warnings for mentions of violence, sexual assault, murder, illness, and death of a loved one. That is Gone for Good by Joanna Schaffhausen. Oh, I love it. As a, you know, as a fellow podcaster, I am, that makes me happy. <laughs> but yeah, like I, like I've, I've heard a couple of podcasts where like the hosts are not particularly solving murder cases per se, but they're solving mysteries. So one mm-hmm. podcast I heard was she, uh, this person, she finds this coin that uh, like in the, in a new house she moves into. And then she mm-hmm. traces back to how like the whole genealogy of that coin if that like if i'm mm-hmm. using that word correctly and it's so fascinating to like that's a mystery in itself so that's cool yeah it's it's very fun to see fun to see and also it's like the like the possibilities are endless right you can treat everything as a mystery and solve yeah. it and find answers and i love it i love seeing that trend yeah and it, it seems like there have been fantastic books out there that have come recently so excited to add this one to the list as well and with that, my third pick, this is a book that I am in the middle of, so I cannot, this word is still out about how it ends. But I definitely wanted to mention it here because I, again, I stumbled upon this because a single person in my life talked about this book, just how they felt about this book. And it immediately resonated with me, primarily because I live in San Francisco, uh, near the Silicon Valley, and I very much see the culture that she talks about in this book, like how like the good parts, the bad parts, like mostly the bad parts, but like it's, this book is very vocal about them. And it's also, it's very like, while I'm living it parallelly, I can see like, it's, it's a nice feeling when you see your situation in life or your location of where you're based reflected in a book. It's just comforting. But this book, however, it is very, very much, uh, it is not at all a comfort cozy read. It's very much, I would define it as a corporate thriller. So it's a corporate espionage elements of that. But also, also it's also characteristics about two women. So our story starts with Julia, who is living in Moscow. She's a recent university graduate. And she is, she is recruited by Russia's largest intelligence agency. And so we follow her journey. And it's 2018. She's in the Silicon Valley. And she's a COO of Tangerine, one of America's most famous technology companies. And, you know, she has been working as a spy for that Russian agency where she is sending, you know, little tidbits of information down the grapevine. She's giving them little pieces of information. And it's it's all well and good. She, you know, she's just she's just cruising along. No one's on her trail. She is she knows how to, you know, stay under the radar until that is that they ask they start asking her for bigger stuff, which is much harder to sort of really much harder to just you know, here's the information you were looking for to pass on as it has been in the past. And then simultaneously, we have another storyline. We have Alice Liu, who has, you know, who's worked hard, whose parents have worked very hard to get her, you know, to where she is. And she, 
she takes on the she works in the IT department of Tangerine, the company that Julia works in. And she's been, you know, chugging away at all the IT related things. But when she, that is when she notices that there are these weird activities that are happening on the servers. Like there, like there are these weird redirections that are happening, or you know, the server is going outside US. And she starts tracing that and she traces it back to Julia. And our story then follows, you know, like how how what hap- what happens like how do these two women handle the sort of conundrums they are in while at the same time navigating this very convoluted tech industry which is cutthroat but at the same time is is you know it's cutthroat it's problematic it's ambitious and just and at the end and you also sort of learn of them as individuals who are just trying to get so I mean you get like you hate you have a love and hate relationship with the characters because they're so authentic about you know they're just trying to do what's best for them alone and I mean I get I I get that because you know self-survival over everything is like a thing is a theme that's explored very much in this book so it feels like an unraveling into the tech industry but in a very approachable like in a very approachable way there have been some memoirs like Uncanny Valley that sort of go in a bad blood. I mean, I'm not going to say more about that, but you know how they do like almost this, how they almost expose this bubble, this industry that seems like a bubble to the outsiders and then what's actually happening inside. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very enlightening read, but it's also very fast paced. And it has, if, you know, if you're looking for like a modern, modern spy thriller that doesn't exactly follow, you know, this, typical structure of there is this is a spy this is no it's 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 very nuanced but at the same time not so much so it's it's fantastic i'm enjoying it a lot so that's imposter syndrome by kathy wong well all right i love that book i'm i'm having so many feels while reading i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> and my husband works in the tech sector so i'm like this is you this is you so yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's I, I highly recommend it. So and of course now Liberty recommends it. So that's all. Drop everything. Go read it. <laughs> but with that, that those were all our picks. I'm sure we can um, we can go on for quite a while. It's true. Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> but if you have any picks that you felt were underrated but you really enjoyed, please uh, write to us. We'd love to share them with our listeners. We'd love to pick them up ourselves. But with that, let's talk about some new releases. So I immediately put this because in there because I'm super excited for this one. This is one that I haven't had a chance to pick up, but it sounds so amazing. It's called Reprieve by James Han Matson, and this comes out October 5th. So just two days and you will... But actually, by the time you're listening to this podcast, this will already be out. So pick it up just because of the synopsis. So... It talks about, uh, we have on April 27, 1997, four contestants make it to the final cell of the Quigley House, uh, a full contact haunted escape room in Lincoln, Nebraska, made famous for its monstrosities, booby traps, and ghoulishly costumed actors. If the group can endure these horrors without shouting the safe word, reprieve, they'll win a substantial cash prize, a startling feat accomplished only by one other group in the house's long history. But before they can complete the challenge, a man breaks into the cell and kills one of the contestants. 
Those who were present on that fateful night then lend their points of view to the story, and as each character's journey unfurls and overlaps, deceit and misunderstandings fueled by obsession and prejudice are revealed, forcing all to reckon with the ways in which their beliefs and actions contributed to a horrifying catastrophe. Los Angeles Times has called this... Has, these are the comps that they've listed that it's like Whitehead's The Institutionist, Alyssa Gold's When No One Is Watching, and Zakia Delila Harris's The Other Black Girl. And I am like, honestly, when I read, I have had this on my radar before this, but when I read this, I cannot, I need this in my eyeballs, in my brain. <laughs> but what about you, Liberty? Have you, has oh. this been on your radar? You absolutely do. Yeah, no, I love this book. It's oh. one of my favorite books of the year. Oh my goodness. I read it in manuscript form several months ago. The editor sent it to me and I'm sorry to repeat myself because I did tell this story on <laughs> all the books this week when I talked about it, but it gives you an idea of this kind of book. Uh, I read the book and the editor said, what did you think? And I said, this book really effed me up. Only I didn't <laughs> use that language. And she said, that's exactly what Kiese Lehman said about it too. And I was like, yay. <laughs> it's so distressing and incredible. I mean, a full contact, like horror oh, house man. escape room, like where people are like pushing you around and throwing stuff on you and like, <sighs> trying to keep you from getting anywhere. And like it said in the description, only one group of contestants has ever finished it. Like people get in these rooms and they're like, oh yeah, I can totally do this for money. And then they get in there and they're like, no, it's so upsetting. And it's just brilliant. Oh my goodness. I loved it so much. It's, there's just such great characters. And again, like haunted houses are like my, ugh, I don't like them. So it, it really <laughs> scared me, which I love. I love being scared, except not by haunted houses. I don't want to go to haunted <laughs> houses. Um, but it's it's just amazing. You know, there's a young girl who's just moved to Lincoln with her her mother because her father has passed away, and she gets a job at this at this place, uh, even though her mom and her aunt have told her to stay away from there. And there's an exchange student or an international college student, I believe, who has moved to Nebraska looking for his unrequited love. And there's a, ho a guy who works in a hotel lobby who wants to be something great, you know, and gets involved with uh, another local businessman and gets wrapped up in this. Oh, <laughs> so good. And like, you know, like it, it says right there in the description, like someone is going to be murdered, you know, in this in this escape room. Somebody breaks in and murders someone. And you kind of know throughout the book, like it's going to happen and, and, and who even who it is. But still, when you get to the end and it actually happens, you're like, oh, <laughs> so good. Oh, man. I think we're going to have to coin a new term, armchair scares. You know how there's armchair traveling, armchair mystery yeah. solving, and now armchair scares during the day only. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's what I'm going to have after we finish recording <laughs> is another armchair scare. Armchair scare. Exactly. Are there any yes. books that you're excited about that you want to shout out about? Well, another one that I loved that's coming out, it'll be out when the show comes out, is Cackle by Rachel Harrison. I don't know if any of you out there have read The Return, which she wrote a couple of years ago, about a young woman in a group of friends oh. who goes for a jog and yes. goes missing for two years. And then she just comes back and doesn't remember what happened. And obviously something happened and she's kind of changed as the book goes on. I was so obsessed with that book. I talked about it so many times. That when I finally got my hands on this new book, I, I couldn't even read it at first. I was too excited. Um, but the new one is Cackle. 
And if you couldn't tell from the title, it is about witches. It's about a young woman named Annie who is like living her dream life as a teacher in New York City with her boyfriend of 10 years. And then suddenly he tells her, eh, I don't think this is working out between us. Like she's like hearing wedding bells and thinking they're going to be together forever. And he just one day unceremoniously dumps her and she's devastated. And so she's like, and he kicks her out of the apartment. So she has to find a new place to live. She takes a job in a very, 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 very small town in Vermont, uh, teaching high school. And she's like, this is a fresh start. I won't know anybody there. I'm going to like, you know, work on myself. But she gets there. And even though the town is beautiful and like sort of like a little star's hollow, like kind of like perfect even, she hates it. Her apartment is full of spiders. Her students are like horrible to her. They ignore her. They make fun of her. She can't seem to get her class under control and she's miserable. And so she just spends all her time texting her ex-boyfriend and like trying to read things into the text that he sends back. Like maybe they can get back together and all this stuff. And then she meets the most beautiful woman she has ever seen in her life. Her name is Sophie. And she wants to be friends with Annie. And Annie can't believe it. She's like, what? This amazing woman wants to be friends with me. And Sophie is warm and she's nurturing. And she's like, you got to get over this guy and stop texting him. And we're going to be friends. And we're going to have the best time and hang out and... It's going to be great. And at first it is like they start hanging out together. They go places. They do things. Then Annie kind of realizes that it seems like the people in the town are afraid of Sophie. Everywhere they go, people like give them things. They're like, no, please, you know, don't don't pay for it. We, we give this. But she also realizes like people are afraid of Sophie. And she learns some things about Sophie. And then she sees some things in Sophie's house that scare the hell out of her. And she's starting to worry about her friendship with Sophie and what's going to happen. And it's a really great feminist friendship book. But it's also, there are some really scary things. I am like totally traumatized now whenever I open my basement door, which like in a good way, it makes me laugh. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I do it now, because something in this book scared me. And there's a character named Ralph who I love so, so, so much, but I'm not going to tell you anything about him because it will spoil it. But it's just really, really fun. Since the perfect book for this season. Yes. I love how we pick two horror reads. Perfect to, you know, welcome yeah. October. Yeah. <laughs> perfect to welcome October into our houses. <laughs> but into our armchairs. Sorry. Armchairs during the daytime only. Yep. <laughs> but with that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, who always makes us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. Um, thank you so much, Liberty, for joining us for this episode. It was lots of fun, and I have simultaneously added so many books to my list. <laughs> <laughs> I added books to my list. So, yes, and thank you for having me. I had a great time. I'm always up for talking about fictional death. Fictional, <laughs> fictional murders and mysteries and scares. You can also find Liberty, like she mentioned, on the All the Books podcast, as well as the New Books newsletter, where she shouts about all the fantastic new books that are coming out. If you want to send us an email with feedback, show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookride.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. 
And you can find me on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.